welcome to Draw, Roll, Move podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Alan. And this is episode... Nine. And the topic is... Mercy. Mercy. Going easy on players. Or not. Or not. First of all, though, what have you been doing hobby-related? Hobby-related? Actually, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Got uh, my own personal copy of X-Wing. Very nice. And uh, played a couple games. Uh, had some family over from back home, so played a game with them with just the basic rules, and then uh, just recently with uh, with you. Yeah, that's uh, true. I'm glad that someone got you that, because yeah. uh, that, that guy must be pretty awesome. That guy is okay. <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> but it's yeah, me! It's, it's <laughs> it was you. Thank you yes, very much. No problem. Uh, great little game. I, I, uh, I have played it uh, once before. Well, I was on the winning team that time, too. Braggart. Because I lost this time. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> uh, but playing a lot of games uh, from my my own collection. Uh, Zombie Dice. We pulled out Trans Europa again. What's it called? Walk the Plank. And you've played a ton of games with your family. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. My wow. family generally doesn't want to play board games. I have to find other people. Well, my, my, uh, my brothers and I are cut from the same uh, cloth, so to speak. We even played uh, Star Realms. It uh, was oh, one yeah? of the last games we played. Nice. I really uh, like what, that game. My uh, favorite me, deck builder. It's up there for me too. But uh, that one hits all the right buttons, and uh, I think I've got a convert. Like one of my brothers uh, actually asked where I could acquire it for him oh, uh, very when nice. we were done. So yeah. How about you? Wow. Well, in the past little while, I went to Gen Con, which was super cool. The first time I've actually gone there, I was. Yeah, very, I knew it was going to be fun, but I was actually surprised at how fun it ended up being. It's not just board games, right? Even though that is a huge portion, maybe the biggest, but it really is for all the different types of tabletop games. So there's a huge portion for role-playing games. Well, it's, you know, it's yes. started by Gary Gygax, so yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. But there's also a huge portion for miniature games. And so miniature games and tabletop uh, board games are things that I'm super passionate about yes, so it was amazing I even joined a, a painting competition and and speed painting speed oh, painting no, so, that's not for you really well 45 minutes I was able to actually come in second and a heat oh. of 15 and I got into the finals very well done it was very I'm, very I'm, I'm you both didn't impressed that, and eh? a little shocked. <laughs> Actually, I'm a lot shocked. Yeah? You, you tend to be the turtle, not the hare. Well, when it comes to the painting, tortoise, not the hare. I, I've been working on making my painting faster so I can just get more stuff on the table. Because I had this issue of buying way too many minis, so I just yes. have to like, go through it really, really quickly. So that served me really, really well. Um, so I did get into the final round of the Privateer Press Miniatures Painting Challenge. Very nice. Uh, speed Painting Challenge, but I didn't, I didn't place in the finals one because it was everyone from like six or seven heats who was the best so obviously there they were a lot of really good so the first there. places from the other six or seven heats yeah exactly out, did you um, come eighth i would have loved to show you that would have been respectable if you'd come eighth out of that <laughs> field because that would have been the first uh, of the second place guys uh, i did on my final miniature i missed an elbow so i'm sure i was penalized how do you miss an elbow because I originally painted it a different color, and then I was like, oh my god, this is skin. So I went back, base painted it, but forgot to go back and highlight it again. You know, it was, it was super fun just to do, right? Yeah. And I spent most of my time actually just wandering around the con, because there's so much to see. There's like a bunch of booths with a whole bunch of new games, 
uh, demo games coming out, uh, things that are pre-released, things that are beta, art, like a whole bunch of artists, Artist Alley. There's just it really was a tabletop gamer mecca. Um, and Did I you still get any ideas of what to buy. Yeah, when I came back, yes, actually, there was this game Legacy Gears of Time, nice. and that was actually released last year, I believe. Okay, but I haven't been able to see it, and so I was able to finally test it there because they had a booth there selling the awesome. expansion to it but I was able to play uh, the base game and I found it really fun it's basically a time travel game I like so, time travel exactly it's kind of a cool game where you're basically trying to create technologies in the past you can only go further back th- through time every round although at the end of a round you go back to the present and so you ha- kind of have to create technologies that require previous technologies to actually function but you have to, to basically create them first and set them up and then go back in time and create the prerequisite pre, prerequisites <laughs> that so is it's, an awesome concept it's, it's quite <laughs> cool right so you're basically trying to create a tech tree but instead of creating the beginning of the tech tree first you have to choose your what your, your end of your tech tree is and then go back in time so there's a lot of cool strategy and, and there's there's other things that go into it. Sounds like it there's a high potential for screw you too. There's a lot of screw you because you can do things like create same technology that someone created further back in the timeline and then their creation disappears because it's obviously been created before, right? <laughs> so there's a lot of like cool things like Oh, that's um, brutal. Yeah, so it's uh, really fun. <clears throat> Overall, Gen Con was the big thing. There's so much stuff going on. Like I could talk about this forever. So, so we instead of doing on. that, yeah, let's move on. All right. On to the topic of the day. Yeah. Mercy. Mercy? So where do you usually see mercy in games? At the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. sometimes in the middle, mm-hmm. and occasionally at the end. Ah. So at the beginning, it's usually someone saying, hey man, you're obviously so much better than me. You should give me a little bit of help, some mercy, right? So that we're more on equal footing than midway through the game. When they do that, and then you're you're up on them, it reverses, <laughs> and you're you're like, oh, this game is gonna end so soon. You might as well just give me mercy so that at least the ending is going to be more equal and it'll be more fun. And then at the very end, when it reverses again, then the the person says, oh, please mercy, I don't want to get destroyed so badly. And then you say, no mercy, and then you destroy them. That's a great explanation, but no, that's not what I was referring to. Okay, well, a little bit. You do have the new player Mercy game. Yeah, so what, what does Mercy actually mean? Depends on the game, but uh-huh. uh, usually it means you're going to either let some stuff slide, you might play a little dumb as far as your strategy is concerned to allow them to get the full experience before you completely decimate them. Uh-huh. Like when you play uh, X-Wing and I gave you Mercy there by letting you... Uh, Blow me out of the water so badly. By, by placing your uh, TIE fighter directly between the sights of my X-Wing? Yes, yes, yes exactly. Yes. Or running both my TIE fighters into each other. <laughs> Barrel rolling. <laughs> Barrel into, rolling into, into each other. Yeah, yeah I fantastic. totally meant to do that. I totally uh, meant to do that. Mid-game, when you, you feel like someone's maybe not having the best experience because luck has gone poorly for them again Mm -hmm. you're typically trying to make the best experience possible for someone that's new to the game usually it's that new player to a game or even someone that's brand new to gaming you want to sort of make sure that their experience is as great as possible i recently had two experiences with the mercy rule Uh that somewhat soured me on both giving it and on receiving it one was uh, we're playing a three-player game of star realms 
and it wasn't so much mercy. There was uh, two of the three players had never played before. Uh-huh. Everyone was being very even-handed with mm-hmm. their attacks against the entire field of players. Uh-huh. So what ended up happening was that everyone was a contender in the last few rounds of the game. Which is cool, which is often what you really want, because no one wants to be knocked out of the game halfway through. One of the players ended up uh, getting a little bit ahead, but then as soon as that happened, the other two sort of started reeling back in. There was no one playing for themselves so much as everyone playing to try and make sure that no one got ahead. I feel like that is a very common thing in 3-plus games, right? And I actually believe that that's part of the fun of it because that enters into a little bit of politics and it also is a it's something that's automatic that helps make the game tight and interesting all the way through it's almost unavoidable to have at least a little bit about that unless it's games where you're playing solitaire which as you know i hate true yeah the other experience that i've had with mercy rules Mm -hmm. which is the flip side which Uh i really didn't like this experience was Uh when i was first first being introduced to the clicks genre of games Uh hero clicks was hero clicks okay and uh the person that was introducing me to the to the genre knew that i knew nothing about the game Uh allowed me to build a team that was very ineffective Uh and then built an opposing team that was completely unstoppable with the force that i had Uh and then proceeded to wipe the floor with me Uh Now, what doubled up on this person's stupidity was that they were trying to actually sell me on the game. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to buy minis. Yeah, to get into the game. Exactly. Uh-huh. But my experience was so horrible because I didn't feel like I was actually ever in the game. Uh-huh. That you were even playing a game. It was just him it just using felt... you as a punching bag. Exactly. And because that was my experience, I never picked up that game. I've never actually looked, at, looked twice at, at, at any of the games that are in the clicks genre. Not that's a bad thing. It's another collectible thing that I don't need in my repertoire. <laughs> that's true. But uh, and hero clicks were never well painted because they're always pre-painted, and so true. Back then, even I actually saw Hulk with an eye on his ear. Close <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough. But yeah, end result is I had a horrible experience, and I walked away from the, from the game forever. That would have been a situation where the mercy rule would have been a perfect mm-hmm. opportunity to apply, and would have probably indeed me to the game so the first time i was introduced to mercy in terms of games was actually not a board game it was street fighter back then when you're in the arcade it was the best of three you pay a quarter to play someone else for basically the best of three rounds the thing is if one of the players wins two straight rounds then the other player only got two out of the possible three rounds that they could play to be nice, you'd want this person who just put into his 25 cents to play as much as possible. Get the most enjoyment out of the game by, if you won the first round and you were going to win the second round, letting him kill you for that round so it would go to a third round. So that everyone would get the most enjoyment out of the game. I wonder how much of that was mercy and how much of it was, well, I want to milk an extra match uh-huh. out of this person's quarter. Or it Both could be legitimate just, excuses for doing so. But, or it uh, could just be like, it's obvious I was going to win the second round, so I'll just give you this one so I can beat you again and beat you three rounds now instead of just two. I think it might be that too. <laughs> but I do think that's fine in general when you translate that kind of experience to board games. For example, in Go, the game... In did the did game, you think people were going to be confused when you mentioned Go? Uh, I could have said fish. And go, fish. 
<laughs> in the game Go, uh, you can give people a handicap, which is basically you know the same kind of thing, but that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Yeah. A uh, handicap would be a type of mercy that you do, where at the very beginning of the game, you give them something that obviously means that you're better than them to give them basically a bonus so that you would be playing on a more even footing. So that's kind of mercy that you can do. And I think that ends up working really well because mercy, I don't think, is necessarily just for the person that's worse. I think it's often for both of the sides to have as best a game as possible. True. Because if there's no competition, like if you're a lot better than the person because you've played, say if I play War Machine every night, I don't actually, I'm just saying, but if I were to play War Machine every night and then yes. someone comes in and he only plays once a month, he will have zero chance of winning if we play a straight fight. Right. Just because I have so much more training. But if I were to give him a bonus, let's say I play points down or I intentionally choose an army that is not optimal and I make sure that his army is better, it's the kind of mercy that you give, right? It also does give you a little bragging rights at the end if you it, do. Well, you, you kind you of have win. to take the bragging rights if you want a, a game that is competitive at all, right? Yes. Because either you crush him, <laughs> or you have to go easy on him. Like there's a, Basically, those are the two options. So yes. either way, you're going to get bragging rights. You've earned that bragging rights. That's why it's worth it to play War Machine every day. <laughs> <laughs> Handicaps, I think, are a really good way to implement Mercy. It makes the game challenging for the person that's giving the Mercy, uh-huh. uh, and heightens the enjoyment for everyone there. So Yeah. In most circumstances. In most circumstances. All right. Negative things about Mercy? Well, I sort of mentioned a little bit of negative with the Star Realms discussion. Everyone being merciful meant that no one really shot ahead. Mm. And I saw actually the same thing when I was playing a a game of Munchkin. Uh And Munchkin's really about the backstab. It's really about Uh the screwing over of your your other players, right? In the same way as, uh, as Cutthroat Caverns. You're really trying to get to the end uh-huh. by making sure that your opponents don't, basically. Yep. So and you're saying that if you do mercy and it's not necessarily warranted, it could... If you apply mercy in a game where you're not meant to, like it's really meant to be a backstabbing game, uh-huh. you end up with a situation where no one's really enjoying themselves because you've effectively sliced out a large part of what the game is supposed to be and yeah, where the enjoyment's f- supposed yes, to be I understand. acquired from. So you can basically ruin the game because you're being merciful. I totally agree with you, especially when the mercy is unwarranted. For example, the War Machine example that I just said before. Mm. If you're playing a person and he doesn't want mercy, he wants you to crush him as hard as you, you can and then you give him mercy anyways, you also end up spoiling the experience, yeah. even if the game seems tighter for you. Yeah. Everyone has to want the mercy that it, happens. It has to be mutual. Yeah. Yes. Like in the, in the, in the world. And for everyone. Like, often not just the two people that are involved in multiplayer games. If you have a five people in your game and then one person gives mercy to his or her significant other, that can ruin the game. That's the, that's the other aspect of bad mercy rules. Yeah. I've played plenty of games where it has been uh, multiple uh, sets of spouses and best friends. And, and, what, and what ends up happening is there's one guy, I'm raising my hand because <laughs> it's me, who is not the best friend of any of the spouses, is not married to any of the spouses, Mm-hmm. And therefore is the only person that everyone feels safe attacking. 
But they're mercy everyone else. Yeah, they go easy on them. Oh, that might upset that person. This is my this is my wife, so I won't attack her. And this is my wife's best friend, so I don't want to get in the doghouse with my wife because her best friend will be mad. But Dave doesn't have any ties to anyone at the table. Let's go after him. He can take it. He can take it. I guess, you know, in some ways that means that of that table, they think that you're the most emotionally rock solid person there. I I don't think that's a thought pattern that's going through their head. (laughs) They're not thinking, yeah, this guy can take it. He's he's a real man, that Dave. No, that's that's not the thought pattern at all. What their assumption is, this is the person that I can go after that is least likely to get me in the doghouse. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, uh, when people are doing it for when when it's when it's applied selectively, you're trying to make it a better experience for one person, and then you end up ruining the experience for everyone else. Yeah, so like, it, it is this kind of balance in that situation. Game. I think it's somewhat selfish. I think you're applying mercy so that you don't get yourself into any trouble as a consequence of crushing your your wife or husband or friend or emotionally less stable or less confident person. I think that is actually one of my pet peeves, where Mercy can go wrong. I have a hard time blaming Mercy, but when you have a player in a game that can't take losing really badly... and Oh, takes the bad a, loser. So everyone yeah, the bad, takes everyone easy, so. is like, oh, I'll go easy on you. It kind of ends up ruining the game, because everyone has to, to walk lightly around that person. Yeah. Where, especially in the games I want to play, where everyone's trying to screw everyone else over... If you have to kind of walk lightly around one person, it saps out the energy from the game. Yeah, it does. Especially if that person wins and then they brag about it afterwards. Oh Uh, my god, that's the worst. I cannot stand the bad loser that's also a horrible winner. (laughs) Especially when you know that the only reason that they won is because mercy has been applied. Yeah, it's often not even mercy because that person is not as good. It's mercy because you don't want to to deal with all the the crap tantrum that they're going to throw. Exactly, yeah. So I do feel like mercy should be applied when everyone at the table is okay with it, first of all. I do believe it's a modifying, it's almost like a house rule kind of thing. Yeah. Where you're modifying it, and everyone there has to be okay with that mercy. Sometimes it's fun, if everyone is applying mercy to one person, to just... You ever play the bad news bears sort of game where your whole game becomes ruining their game so that you do elicit the tantrum at the end of the game? (laughs) No. But maybe I should. <laughs> I've had that. A few so tell times me, this, tell though. me about how good that feels. Well, it's not. It's not that it feels good because you don't really want the tantrum. But it feels good in some way. Otherwise, but you wouldn't. When do you it. when you know how they're going to behave at the end of the game, and you know that they're playing up, that they're going to have a tantrum at the uh-huh. end of the game, so that people will take it easy. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's good to take that away from them. It's more of a it's more of a lesson. They don't they don't feel like you know, you they know. deserve that privilege you of having everyone go easy on exactly. them. Exactly. If it happens every time, when they eventually do lose, even when you are trying to take it easy on them, uh-huh. the tantrum is going to be tenfold worse because they <laughs> think that they're so wonderful at these games. Uh-huh. That they always win. Oh, I always win this game. Uh-huh. How is it that I lost? How can I lose? I'm brilliant at this. Like, <laughs> well, because we actually played this time around. Is <laughs> usually the he answer. He didn't let you win this time. Yeah, and once in a while, play at capacity. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just fun to crush those people. Just to make sure that they know where their place is in the oh. gaming ability ah. ladder. I understand. I still like Mercy. 
And I still think it's actually a very, very important tool in the gamer's belt. And the reason why is because of the reason why we play games. A lot of people, when they play games, they get too into winning as the main reason why you play games. Yeah. Whereas for me, and I think as we get older, winning stops becoming the reason. It's more about just having fun and having, especially with tabletop gaming, a social interaction with the other people. Yeah. Who wins ends up being a secondary consideration. That doesn't mean that I'm saying that you shouldn't try to win. But oftentimes, trying to win is just a way to make the game more fun. Yeah. Right? Board games are, in and of their very nature, quite lengthy. And there is only one victim, typically. More often than not, at the end of the game, it's one guy who's winning, uh-huh. and there's like five people around the table that are not. Yeah. Because of that, you really have to be able to handle not winning very, very well. If board games, the victory is only the penultimate the condition last of thing. the game. Yeah. But your enjoyment should come for the 90 minutes that yes. led up to that victory. Exactly. And everyone should be having a good an time. equivalent yeah. good time. Yes. I see a lot of players, especially when I go to the game store for War Machine. It can be a very competitive game. Mm-hmm. Some people who care only about... Not only, but mostly about their own happiness Mm. and don't think about the happiness of all the people they're playing enough. And what ends up happening is that they will maximize their own happiness, but at the cost of the other person's happiness. That can end up being just a detriment to everyone. And as I get older, I realize that it ends up being more fun for everyone if everyone works to make everyone as happy as possible. So you care about their happiness just as much as your happiness. And if they're the same way, that's to me when I've had the most fun experiences. It's a very socialist attitude. It is. It is very socialist. I was actually talking with my friend and he's like, wow, that's really socialist. And I'm like, yeah, games in such a small group, socialism is the way to go to maximize your happiness because you're with your friends or with a small group. You can be socialist and there are people that you like that you trust. And it can end up being better. You don't have to be capitalistic and try to hurt them. Although I guess I'm being kind of paradoxical because I only like games where I can hurt my friends in in the game. (laughs) Not like truly emotionally. Maybe a little bit emotionally. But they'll recover after the game, right? (laughs) But I feel like making sure that everyone has as much fun as possible is the important part. And winning, I feel, is just the grease to make sure that everyone has a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a good Uh, attitude. Yeah, thanks, man. I learned it from uh, Saturday morning specials. <laughs> I learned it. I never implemented it until recently. Ah, I see. What ways can you actually implement mercy? So we already talked about uh, the handicap at the very beginning. There's a mutual agreement of everyone involved in the game to dumb down the game. A lot of games have actually started to launch with that in mind. So with X-Wing, there's uh-huh. the basic rules, uh-huh. which uh, only implement the very root strategy of the game and eliminate a lot of the complexity so that it makes it easier for people to pick up. For newer players. For newer players. To not get overwhelmed and things. playing in that mode with a new player is a form of mercy. You're basically handicapping yourself because you know all of these advanced rules. Yeah. You know how to maximize your uh, your combat skills uh-huh. according to them, and by playing with the basic rules, you're basically eliminating your advantage. Uh-huh. Then there is the open hand. The first few turns of a game, uh-huh. you play open. Uh-huh. You openly tell the new players what you're going to do, why you're going to do uh-huh. it. Ah, so coaching them. Coaching. This is the coach method. Yes. 
So for the uh, coaching method, I see a lot of that actually in War Machine. Because it's an open information game, it's miniatures on a battlefield, and then you move yours and they move theirs. You can kind of tell them why you're moving your guys in a certain way. And then you can also give them advice on how you think that they should move their guys. But it is a balancing act, because there can be also too much coaching, where they're trying to make the game as even as possible, where they feel like they're helping the opponent, but it ends up that they're mostly just playing the game for both sides. For both sides, right? <laughs> and so there's a lot of pitfalls you can do when trying to implement Mercy. I do have to, especially for myself, remind myself not to overdo it and, and reel it back because not only is that them not learning, they're probably not having as much fun. They yes. probably have more fun doing worse, but getting to actually play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess along those lines, one thing I've learned, especially with my board games that I play, is that I try not to ever get to the point where I'm that much better than the people that I play with. Don't worry, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Depends on the games, right? <laughs> um, but one way that people can often get better than other players, just playing a lot more of that game than yeah. the other people. More exposure is always Exactly. So what I end up doing is taking certain games and saying, okay, so this game, I'm only going to play it with these friends. That way, we all kind of learn the game together. And then I never accidentally leapfrog them in skill because I've played three times as many games of that game than them because I'm playing with three different groups well, in the same game. I had that exact experience with Ticket to Ride. Uh-huh. I was mediocre uh-huh. at the game, but then so was everyone I played. Uh-huh. Everyone that I played with was at exactly the same level. Which makes Ticket it super fun, and you which, don't have to worry about which, mercy then. Yeah, but then I played a bunch of games with Andrew. He is phenomenally good at that game. And I picked up so many awesome strategies that when we actually expanded out to our regular gaming group, he and I ran away with it. And uh, when I brought it back to my usual gaming group, Uh well, there was no contest. You crushed it. And no one wants to play anymore. (laughs) Yeah, so so that's the thing. A lot of the times you lose sight of that. You know, you, you think when you're playing these games, you want to get better. At them, right? Yes. And you want to, I don't know, read strategies online or just become better at the game. Because that is one of the ways that you can enjoy the game. Yes. But you have to be super careful, I've realized, about making sure that your opponents are at that level. Or you'll run way past them. And In this particular example, like with the Ticket to Ride, Uh now I'd have to forget to play Uh with those additional strategies Uh in order for us to equalize again. And that would be and effectively that, being a large mercy. It'd be a large, a large mercy, but it also would reduce my enjoyment of the game yep. because I'm playing at a different level. Yep, so conversely, by becoming better at the game, you've made the game worse for you and everyone you play with. Yes. Which is why I have started implementing this thing where I don't play certain games with certain people be just so that I stay at a, the same level as them. And I refuse to look up online strategies. So I end up learning awesome online strategies when one of my friends looks online for the strategy and I see it in play when they crush me. Which, to me, I enjoy a lot more. Yeah. yeah. And then I get to chew them out about looking online and cheating. Yes. So there's always that. That is my favorite way to implement mercy now and it's it's kind of trying to avoid needing it altogether yeah if, and if you maintain a a level that's on par with your mm-hmm. your regular gaming group then yeah. you're fine it's surprising to me because i used to be all about winning and be, being better and now because i care about mostly fun this is 
super logical to me. This is the, what you should do, not play too much of that game. Yes. And you know what else is a, a, a kind of a corollary bonus? It gives you an excuse to buy a lot more games. <laughs> so then you're like, ah, oh, these games, I can only play with these guys. That's well, these true. games, I can play with these guys. I've been able to tell myself I need to buy more games so I can have <laughs> games that I only play with certain people. You know, another good way to make sure you do that is buying games for your friends so you can only ever play the game with that person. That works, yeah. It kind of backfired the last time, though, because one of my friends, uh, he bought a house and moved far away, and I got him one of the <laughs> games that I really, really want to play. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't play it anymore. Mm-hmm. But you can trust Trevor. Yeah. Like, I, I spend the night. Mm, he's really busy often. I think he after he I bought him that game, he's like, ah, oh, I've got everything I can out of my friend Alan, so I don't need him anymore. <laughs> so he moved far away. Yeah, so he moved far away into the game. Don't yeah. get too friendly with people. <laughs> don't buy them games. Don't buy games for friends. No. Take it back. You're moving. Screw that. Give me that game back. <laughs> I think Mercy is a great tool in making sure that everyone has fun. Absolutely. It, it belongs in every good gamer's tool belt. Uh, so. I've been Dave. I've been Alan. And this has been Draw, Roll, Move podcast. Episode 9. About mercy. You can reach us at. Draw, Roll, Move at inthelast.com. And you can also uh, go to our website to catch previous episodes at inthelast.com slash draw, draw, Roll, Move. move. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you for any comments or if you think that you have other ways to give mercy or maybe you think that you shouldn't give mercy at all and it's better mercy to... Mercy is cr- for the weak. Yes. It is for the weak when you're playing with the weak. Exactly. That, that's, that's the point. <laughs> yes. But if you have any comments about that or anything you want to add or maybe uh, you have suggestions of future topics, we'd love to hear from you. And that's it. That's <laughs> it.